Thanks for listening to the AZ Wildcats podcast presented by Arizona Lottery. Don't forget to get out and buy your holiday scratchers. Now, joined by the man that needs no introduction, but we will give him one. The great William Brad Alice. Hello, William. They probably do. It's been a little while since I've been on, so, you know. Well, Brad, I didn't know you had a mic. That is fantastic, though. Because, I've had uh, a mic this whole time since you asked me to replace the last one. All right. Well, I can't see it, though. Unlike you, I, uh, I'm i also not the sharpest guy in the world. No, I get this. So I appreciate that. Brad will be on every Monday. Um, so, again, thank you, as always, Brad. Um, first of all, what has William Brad Alice been up to? Fill the folks in. What's been going on in Williamville? Well, let's see. Uh, obviously, we've actually gotten a few of these podcasts out to last week. Where can um, they find them? Uh Look for me on, uh, they're actually on Spotify, they're on Apple, they're on, I think, Google and a couple of the others. But look uh, look me up on Twitter or X or whatever it is, WSR Brad uh, is the easiest way to find it. But if you you know, if you subscribe to them, they should uh, get sent to you uh, as they do. Uh, let's see what else. Uh, my ice hockey uh, excursion, my midlife crisis ice hockey excursion, uh, the regular season concluded last night. We went three, four, and three. Uh, five games went to overtime shootouts, uh, did go, uh, two Oh, and three in those. So, uh, Tyler just got done playing club baseball. We're getting ready for little league. I will probably become the president of flowing wells, little league, and maybe hitting up a lot of you out here for some support because the league needs help. It's in kind of a lower income area and we need some help. And my daughter's volleyball team finished five and three. How's that for busy? I was going to say, well, you know what? The, the price of being a father and uh, running the town of uh, Miranda's communications as well. Uh, Pima Association of Governments. Haven't been at Miranda. Ah, same, ah, same thing. Very yeah, important. similar. Yeah, similar so. stuff. All right. Well, Brad, there's a lot of good stuff going on with Arizona athletics. We're going to talk about Arizona basketball. We're going to talk about some Arizona football. Um, First, um. There's been time, uh, a lot of times, um, you know, obviously in the long and storied history of Arizona basketball, there's been times when I thought that Arizona had the best team in the country. Now, again, I don't go back to 88 and 89. I can't really speak to that. I will trust the, uh, the OGs, pardon the pun on that one. But in my lifetime, the times that I thought that going into the NCAA tournament, Arizona had the best team were 98. That was an easy one. Uh, 01, 03. I think Lute messed that one up because he did play Iguodala and Hassan far more, which he should have against Kansas. Um, yes, that was the beginning of the end. Yes. Those are the three teams. Now, again, I would argue they were as good as anyone, although that Carolina team was really good in 05. And even with Shakur, even with Shakur, I think in heading into the tournament for the yeah. entire year, Obviously, Shakur came to bite them back in the butt, as did the officials. I was sitting right there at what was then the Rosemont Horizon. Um, I think you can make an argument that they were, at worst, the third-best team in the country. Unfortunately, Illinois is probably one of those teams as well, uh, and Carolina. Uh, but you were right also. 88, they were as good as anyone. 89, they were probably even better and ran into that weird uh, night at uh, whatever that arena was in Denver back then the Nuggets used to play and when they had the tritone uniforms but uh this team and I would argue, argue even without Ashley they were probably the best team in the country in, in 14 with okay. Ashley obviously 
Yeah, Astros. Yeah, it's been several times, and unfortunately, the one year they win it, not their year. Uh, 14, to me, is a lot like 2000 in that uh, going into the uh, – listen, I thought 2000, the way Lauren Woods was playing, I thought he they were the best team in the country because Lauren Woods as a senior was still very good, but he wasn't Lauren Woods as a junior where he was just dominating college basketball. I thought 2000 and 2014 were clearly the best teams until injuries hit him. Like you said, you could still make the case for 14, but those ones that I kind of put to the side a little bit just merely because of injury. Um, but now let's talk about this year's team. Listen, um, this year, this team's the best team in the country. We're going to get to a lot of the questions, but in my opinion, they check off the most boxes, Brad. They are big, they are strong, they're physical, they're athletic, and they have a coach that 1000% is going to keep the pedal to the metal the entire game. Yeah, I think that's important. I think they also have a coach that, um, is not so set in his ways that there's only one way to do things. And that's been my argument about Sean Miller. People don't like Sean Miller. Sean Miller is an awesome system coach mm -hmm. who didn't recruit pl enough players to his system. And right. that's what it came down to. Um, the only thing about this team that puzzles me is when you look at those great Wildcat teams of the past, you could just rattle off the pros. On right. Those I'm not convinced there's a single first-round draft pick on this team. I think there are, but can you guarantee me any of these guys are first-round draft picks? In the future, I feel fairly comfortable saying K.J. Lewis will be a first-rounder. And I'm going to disagree with you there. I still don't know what he is. See, that's I think my, That's my only problem with him because the comparison, the two guys he gets compared to, Hassan Adams and Juwan McClellan, again, McClellan, who knows? He's a little positionless, and maybe that's fine in modern basketball now. But is he a good enough shooter to be a two-guard? Is he tall enough to be a three? That's my only question. I love K.J. Lewis. Don't get me wrong. Tucson's own K.J. Lewis. We claim to. We claim exactly. K.J. Lewis. But, you know, you look at Kylan Boswell. Could he be a first-round draft pick? Absolutely. Could someone also be, like, too stocky, too short, second-rounder? Right. Um, I could, could, could Crevis be a guy who works on his three-point shot and sneak into the first round? Yeah, he could also be a guy who never sniffs the NBA like Tabellis. Um, you know, same thing. Could someone take a flyer on Love if he has a really good season? Yeah, that's the whole problem. We just don't know. And usually when you look at those great Wildcat teams, you know, 89, it was no question right. in our minds that Elliott and Cook were first-rounders. Right. Uh, you go to 98, Mike and I think we're a little – I think yeah. we were even surprised Miles wasn't, but we knew Michael Dickerson and Mike Bibby were NBA players. Right. Um, go down the list. Jefferson. Arenas. I'm shocked Arenas was a second rounder still to this day. Right. Um, so that's my only question. That being said, eyeball test, and maybe in modern transfer-centric uh, basketball where half the best players are playing on G League Ignite, this is the perfect See, team for that. Yeah, because you're I, right. They have everything. And I think we're in a different era too um where um you've got a nice little you've got a nice little semblance of youth and experience at the same time and that Caleb Love and I never understood the resent or the uh uh, people that didn't want to bring in Caleb Love because he didn't uh you know he he jacked up a lot of shots at North Carolina. I don't think that Hubert Davis is really that good of a coach. You put Tommy Lloyd in Tommy in Tommy Lloyd system, uh, uh, Caleb Love, and he's obviously been more efficient. He's been a winning player. You bring in Keyshawn Johnson, who has championship experience as well. You put him next to within a junior, Umar Ballo, leader of men, Apella Larson, a senior, uh, a Kylan Boswell. You go on and on down the list. The experience on this team is fantastic, William. 
Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, the two questions with Love, one was the the shot selection, which occasionally is wonky, but I'll take two of those a game. Yeah. It's not 10 like it was at Carolina. And there was supposedly some off-the-court issues with his teammates that have followed him around, some rumors that maybe he um, you know, crossed some lines that, you know, maybe Andre Iguodala might have crossed back in the day, um, right. just not being a good friend, basically. And that, as silly as that sounds, like, you know, it can, it can destroy a clubhouse. But the fact that Steve Robinson is here and could vouch for his character Right. Um, because we all knew he could play. You just saw what he did to Duke in Cameron uh, as a junior or or saw whatever. I don't. I can't remember what year anyone is because we're still getting COVID years. And what he did in the final four, that's all I needed to do to bring him in. Um, and it was it was a high risk. It was it was a mid risk, high reward move. And what I like, too, is that he embraces the moment. Last yeah. year's team had guys that didn't embrace the moment. Again, Azulis Tabellis did a lot of really good stuff here. Guess who didn't want the ball in a big spot? Azulis Tabellis. Um, Kirk Creesa talked a lot, but come the NCAA tournament, whether that was injury, whether whatever it was, Kirk Creesa never delivered. This year has teams, has or has players that have been there and have delivered and do want those. Uh, Keyshaw Johnson as well is another example. You have two. How... How many teams have guys who've not only played two guys from two different teams in a national title game in their starting lineup, but started? This isn't right. like, you know, if Umar Balo had been the 12th guy on a Gonzaga. Right. Right. No, these are two guys who played key roles. Um, and again, that is an experience that's invaluable to the younger guys. Invaluable to, frankly, no Wildcat on this roster has been past the, the Sweet 16. Um, who've been w with Tommy Lloyd. So, yeah, it's an invaluable experience. Just like, again, having Robinson, who has some national titles with Roy Williams on your bench, is invaluable. Just like, you know, having Ricardo Foy, who was done the NBA wars, invaluable. Just like having a guy who, a couple guys who studied at the the the, the feet of Lute Olsen, if you will, is invaluable. Um I think these are all very important things. So, Brad, we agree that this is the best team in the country. As of now, right now, yeah. The two other teams, the only other team really in the conversation, I, and I still need to see them play somebody, I think right now is Houston. Obviously, Kansas has the pieces. Obviously, uh, UConn might have the pieces. Um, you know, Purdue looks really good, but they're in the Big Ten, so we know – um, we know. Oh, what they yeah, are. we've already we already know and about. I, the and again, I'm super worried about this game, not because Purdue is good. I'm worried about the uh the the officiating. I think I, they're going. I don't I think Balo and Mount Crevis are going to get a call. All you're night. worried? Are you worried about cheating? Is this correct? Yeah, not yeah. cheat, but I, every time I watch cheating, Purdue, that it. kid gets away with. Uh, and I know he's fouled every play. He fouls every play too. Right. For sure. All right. Now we're going to get to that. But first, William Brad Ellis, have you ever won the Arizona lottery? Uh, not enough to uh, have a better <laughs> backdrop. Yeah. But, but um, I think the wife has pulled in five or 10 bucks here or there. The Bruce Pascoe we had on and Bruce, who was incapable of, and I love Bruce, obviously, but Bruce is incapable of ever making anything up of ever just going with the flow. Bruce is going to tell you exactly what he thinks. He's like, oh, I wouldn't do the Arizona lottery. I would only do things. He literally was crapping all over the Arizona lottery read because he said that it doesn't give him better than one to one odds of winning. Uh <laughs> Bruce, it was just vintage Bruce. I'll just leave it like that. I, though, play the Arizona lottery because I like to win things, even if I throw, or it's a dollar. Here's the deal. Just uh, $1 
can get you 500,000. Go out and buy your holiday scratchers. Find a retailer like our friends at Circle K near you at ArizonaLottery.com. You must be 21 years or older to enjoy responsibly. And Game Time. William Brad Ellis, you have used Game Time. This is correct. Yes. All right. Now, was it to go to the death metal concerts? I, I No, it's uh, actually to try and get uh, tickets to a ball game. All right. Well, either way. Well, William Brad Alice used this at the great William Brad Alice. Check it out again. Uh, snag the tickets without the stress with game time. Download the game time app, create an account and use code PHNX for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply again, create an account and redeem code PHNX for $20 off. Download game time today. Last minute ticket, uh, lowest prices guaranteed. All right. Now with uh, the Purdue game, let's talk a little bit about the Purdue. Uh, listen, I think everybody knows my stance on the big 10. I think it's absolutely terrible. I think it stinks. Um, Zach Eady is really, really good. But uh, and we are going to talk about the cheating, but I do think that uh, Arizona, Arizona's just got a better team. That's, that's just kind of what I feel. And I am curious to see how it's officiated William, because Umar Balo, leader of men, I believe is uh, he's going to have to be physical with Zach Eady because again, you're not going to want to let him set up four or five feet from the hoop. How much do the officials let him get away with? Yeah, to me, that's the key is uh, because, as as uh, as the, Tyler Alice uh, noted, uh -huh. man, that guy looks strong. Right, right. <laughs> Balo's stronger than Edie, I think. Um, right. He's a big, strong man. Yeah, you you like to call him leader of men. Um, I had another little term for what him. Is he? Yeah, bring it up. I forget what I call him. So, something involving badass, but right. um, man amongst boys. But he's a big, strong man. And Crevis is almost as big as Edie. Right. Uh, what is he? Seven two. I think Edie's seven four. So they've got two guys they can throw at at him, and you know this is unfortunately I don't. I'm assuming Vasar is not back. Maybe he is. He's no, we don't want to play Henry in this game. This is not a good game for Henry. I would love though just to to throw another seven footer and trap him. But um, those two guys I think are going to be two of the hardest matchups for for Edie just because of their size. And even though Crevas is young, he's strong for an 18 year old. He's he is. pretty well put together. Right. So you're going to be, you know, whatever Balo is. I know they list him at seven foot. Was he really six eleven and a half? Yeah. Two seventy though, or two sixty? Right. Uh, right. Big strong man, grown grown ass man. That's what I called him. Right. Um, and then you throw in the mount, uh, right. the the biggest mountain in Lithuania, Adam. And I think again that should be a really good matchup for Arizona, um, even if they can just make him work for everything. You know, right. kind of a oh, very different player, but uh, much like what they try to do with Filipowski against Duke. He got his, but he had to work his butt off to get him. Yeah, I was asked earlier a uh, player a uh, person taking uh, the dev uh, devil's advocacy or a devil's advocacy is that a uh, is that an actual term devil's advocacy? Um it would make sense that it is, but you don't hear it. Uh yes, the, yes, at, uh, the question was basically asked, how good do we know Arizona is cuz Duke has turned out to be average and Michigan State stinks. Go with your eyeballs, ladies and gentlemen. That's what I would say. Go with your eyeballs. Take five minutes out of each of those games and Arizona dominated. Right. Um, and here's the other thing. Look at what Arizona's done to bad teams. Yes. You can be a great team and beat Colgate and Southern by 15 and still be great. But not many mediocre teams beat those teams by 30 and 40. Right. If you look at the Arizona teams that have made deep runs and have been those teams that we talked about, 
they beat the hell out of people. They demoralize play. They demoralize teams. And that's what this team again. We've seen some teams under Luton, some teams under Miller. Uh, you know who go out and they'll they'll grind out their 18 point win over a, a Colgate type team. Right. Arizona beat them by 25, 35. Yeah, and it felt like it could have been 95. Yeah. That's how I and again, it's an eyeball test. It's uh, you know, if we're talking grading, it's holistic grading. Yeah. This team looks really good. Again, my criticism that I don't know they're guaranteed first rounders. I'm also guessing there are seven NBA players on this team. Right. So while someone over there is mad that I'm not loving uh, some of these guys, just because I'm not sure KJ Lewis is a first rounder doesn't mean I don't love KJ Lewis. Brad, uh, we just have because a, Brad, I'm not mad at Kalen DeBoer doesn't mean I don't let Jed Fish. Oh, we were, um, we were going to talk about that, William Brad Alice. I yeah. have heard that you were uh, you did not give Jed Fish your coach of the year. Is this true, William Brad? No, I, I said I perfectly see why Kalen DeBoer got it. There's a difference. Oh, Brad. Um, who, would, who would Brad Alice have voted for? I would have voted for Jed Fish. Okay. Well, there you but go. Then. I would have been upset if they gave it to Dan Lanning. I'm not upset that they gave it to a guy who ran the table in the Pac-12. I'm fine with that. Yes, I, yeah. I am fine with that. But again, Wisconsin is not a bad team. They're fun to make fun of because they are. They're the epitome of a big 10 team and that they got some tall lumberers. They're not bad. They're kind of solid across the board. They did beat Marquette. They beat Michigan state. So you got to give them that. And Brad, Arizona could play Wisconsin 10 times and they would never lose to Wisconsin. No, once Arizona figured out a few things with guarding them uh, and keeping the guys out of the lane, it was over. Right. Um, and even then, even though, uh, the, what is it? Audrey Hepburn and and the other guy were getting their shots in the left. Chucky, uh, Chucky Hepburn. Chucky, I know. Chucky Fillmore. What was his? No, name? it's Hepburn. It's Hepburn. Chucky, you know he's from Omaha too. I did not know that. How did he not become a running back? Same, um, high, same high school as Gail Sayers, Amon Green, and Bob Gibson. Even more so. How did he not become a running back? Right. right. Um, but you know the fact is they just didn't have enough firepower and they could not do anything to slow Arizona down. So if you just look again. Arizona passes the eyeball test. My bigger concern about Arizona is not how good they are. It's do they get tested enough in the Pac-12? Yeah, let's talk about that because that's a very fair question. Um, the Pac-12 absolutely stinks. Um, now, first of all, you know what doesn't stink though, Brad? Shady Rays. Shady Rays. Now, you might look at me and say, man, there is no way that Mike Luke would ever be cool. You are right. But there are some avenues that I could at least be – tick up a little bit shady rays is one of them exclusively for our listeners shady rays giving out their best deal of the season go to shadyrays.com and use code phnx for 50 percent off two plus pairs of polarized sunglasses try for yourself the shades rated five stars by over two hundred and fifty thousand people i'm trying to get my guy frank caliendo to get some shady rays we were uh john schuster and i went up to see frank caliendo and uh, it was a good time we got to hang out backstage <laughs> i saw the photos i'm a, i'm a big fan i Somewhere here in this house, I have some Frank Caliendo DVDs. Yeah, um, he's 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 amazing, and he commanded the. It, it was amazing from, how packed it was from the Bush administration too. That's how long oh, I've been a fan of, of Frank Caliendo. He's very very good. Arizona's overrated. All right, we have the ASU people coming into play. We will get to you. You deserve to be made fun of, mocked, and ridiculed. Um, but uh, the Pac-12 is awful. I mean, it just is. UCLA sucks. Um. USC, I actually, there is Andy Enfield uh, slander going on in here. I like Andy Enfield. I don't know why. I always find somebody that everybody else doesn't like, and I tend to like Joe Flacco. By the way, Joe Flacco is back with a vengeance. Um, but uh, 
I, I think Andy Enfield's solid. I think by the end of the year, USC will be pretty good. I thought Oregon was going to be real problems, but they've obviously been hit the injury bug in a big way. Uh, Colorado, not bad. But, Colorado, yeah, Colorado. But, you know, I mean, UCLA's got a problem. They can't handle a guy that played four years at Richmond. Right. <laughs> Mick Cronin, class act. Um, yeah, can we talk about that door or that door jam for a second? Would you ever want your kid to play for Mick Cronin? Yeah, if my kid was a plotting, uh, well, yeah, I guess six eight power forward with no outside shot who could just beat up on people and didn't want to live in Cincinnati, Ohio, right? Um, yeah, so yeah, I mean, his comments, he again, I guess I know what he was trying to say, but there are eloquent ways to say it. Brad, you're better explaining things than me because you're in communications. Explain what Mick Cronin did. So basically, Mick Cronin basically called out one kid athleticism who out rebounded him and then said another guy played four years at Richmond. Right. Um, and I couldn't tell if that was a shot on Richmond or if it was a shot on UNLV having a fifth year transfer, but right. either way, his guys got outworked by kids who are, le- who are lesser athletes, who are right. lesser recruits. Um, they're also, it's a pretty good team. He was playing though. It was, I believe it was <laughs> Villanova's not a bad basketball program. You right. argue in the last 20 years better than UCLA. Um, but you know, Cronin blames officials. He blames this, he blames that, you know, it's one thing to say, you know, we just got out work, you know, these kids, those kids at Villanova get 110% out of their athletic ability. And we really could learn a lesson from that because, you know, I think we have better athletes who, who should be able to, to play better than that, but he didn't, he basically, and again, the whole quote wasn't shown, but he basically made it sound like we lost to a bunch of, of, of guys who should be playing at the Y. You know what's funny? So we got a Kentucky fan in here. Very interesting. Um, there are teams in the country that I think could beat Arizona on a given day um, that are good. Uh, like like William just said, UConn uh, or uh, Houston, UConn, Kansas, Marquette. I've watched Kentucky two times, and each time I came away incredibly unimpressed. This is not. I think John Calipari's kind of lost that ship. Um, Kentucky really hasn't been relevant at the highest level in about three or four years, William. Kentucky in some ways lately, again, lately, remind me of the Alford and Lavin UCLA team. Yeah, yeah. Immensely talented, not well put together. Right, very now, well Now, is this an indictment on Cal Parry, or were guys like Davis, Booker, uh, Wall, just so good that those pieces would work with whoever you put them with? right. And now, um, you know, because we've seen this with some other elite programs. Duke has had some teams that just couldn't match. The pieces didn't fit. It's almost like you're collecting baseball cards. Oh, I need that one. You need that one. Need that one. Yeah. You know, and just put them together. Cards. And right. Whereas I will say the guy who does maybe the best job in America meshing five stars who don't always fit, but always has a couple of three stars mixed in is Bill Self. His yep. team's rarely. He's the best. He's the best don't work together. And I would say that's my problem with, it's not that Kentucky's not talented, immensely talented. It's not that Cal Parry's not a really good coach. He is obviously. Um, his teams just don't, don't work together. He doesn't you know, have I'm going to challenge you a little bit on Cal Parry. I didn't say great coach. Did I? Yeah, you didn't. That's good. But I said, very good coach. At, at some point though, man, when you're the best recruiter of all time and you've been able to get essentially who you want and you have one title, it's hard to say he hasn't underachieved, William. I think that's fair. Right. Okay, yeah. fair enough. Fair enough. M- much right. like I would say, you know, a guy like Gizzo overachieves. Uh, and yeah. A guy, and a guy like Coach K. 
you got to give it to K- Coach K. As much as I hate to say, it, you win five national titles in a one but and done. You could situation. argue that he he should have won five national titles. Not necessarily those five, but right. He uh, year in and year out, he had great teams, and he played the first two rounds in North Carolina. He he did what he 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 maximized it, but at the same time, he rarely did you go. Oh, that Duke team overachieved. Where well, I think you could say that about some other guys. Yeah, he's a lot fair. like he's a lot like Saban. Yeah, that's fair. They should win national titles, just like I would argue. To me, it's more impressive though doing it in the NCAA tournament than always. Yeah, and then always getting into the uh, the uh, ends or the uh, college football playoffs, no matter how many losses you have. But I I mean, I I get get it. I get those two guys had the talent and 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 won with the talent like they were supposed to. All right, so we agree though that the Pac-12 stinks. Let's make fun of ASU for a second. Um, hey, they lost to the team that was in the uh, national championship last. Oh wait, no, they lost to San Diego. And the way that it ended, a baseball school with a schoolyard play. And the way that it, the way that it ended was fantastic. Throwing the back or the ball off the back of a uh, ASU player and then scoring. ASU, I'll just put it to you like this: I would not. Well, I would never want to be an ASU fan, but I would really not want to be an ASU fan now. Basketball is definitely stuck in the mud. I kind of like Dilly. Um, I think Dilly is going to work really hard. They're going to be fine with Dilly. I mean, yeah, but my, will he but, be great? I don't. I don't. At the end of the day, I think ASU is in a bad situation because I just don't know if, unless you're USC, you can win consistently in these pro towns. Yeah, and it also but doesn't. Dilly's help. fine. Like everyone's bagging. I'm like, they did what I, they were supposed to do with the talent they had, yeah, and they I'm had fine an injury issue. Yeah, Three, but the four pro, wins. Yeah, but, it all, but when you have a president that it's not that he's that he just kind of is okay that he tolerates sports that he clearly is anti-sport that to me is always going to be an issue because Michael Crow clearly does not like athletics no he's he's uh ironically an academic elitist at a school that is well not what it used to be it's a better school than it used to be it's 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 a really good commuter school is what it is right um, it's a good school, not a great school. It's not Stanford. It's not Cal. It's not Washington. It's not UCLA in terms of academics, but he wants them to be. And I don't know that ship has probably sailed. Right. Just like the ship for, you know, ASU football has probably sailed to be a national title type team. I mean, if you couldn't build on what Cush did in the seventies and eighties, you probably missed it. But if they make the right hire an athletic director, I think Dillingham is a good young coach. He's awkward. He's not a good interview right now, but yeah, but he's passionate. He wants to be there. That counts for a again, lot. Yeah, and he's done some good things. He's willing to. He's already revamping the staff. I, I, I'm fine with it. I, and again, I think he did a fine job this year. They what? weren't. They won. They lost some games they shouldn't have. They won some games they shouldn't have, and they could have upset a few people. But what they get three or four wins. That's about what we thought with that roster. So yeah, um, I would say he did a better job in year one than Jed did. Let's move to Arizona football, Arizona football, Arizona football. Brad, um, this is going to be an interesting. Uh, this is going to be an interesting team to look uh, look back on. In most people, like most of the OGs, like yourself, if you were to put 90, uh, 93 against ninety eight, who would you favor? If William ba- Brad Alice had to bet his life on it, uh, probably ninety eight. Would you play? Okay. Most, I think people like uh, Tony Gimino take a 93. I agree with you. I'd take 98. The thing with 98 to me is that it was just so well balanced. Again, it wasn't a desert swarm defense, but it was a good defense. Offensively, you had a ton of talent. Now, I will say this. If, can I have the same coaching staff for both teams? 93 had more talent, but 
they just completely hamstrung their offense too often. See, um, I think, I think, and with, I would argue too that you uh, with ninety eight. I think the thing that's different for me about ninety eight is that you had so much NFL talent. It was really kind of. I mean, in hindsight, you yeah. had nineteen NFL players and guys that played. I mean, not just dudes that were like on a team for a year or two. Dudes that played. Yeah. So again, uh, both are really good. I would say. I think the quarterback rotation did hurt a little bit. Um, they it should have been Keith. It to Keith Smith. Right. Uh, but yeah, yeah, both teams very, very good. Uh, okay. Brad, you're freezing up a little bit. Try talking right now, Brad. All right, Brad, can you, uh, can you uh, exit and then, re- yeah. Can you exit, then re-enter? Try doing that, Brad. Try exiting and then re-entering. Okay. Um, now, when it when it comes to ninety, when it comes to uh, uh, ninety eight versus this team, that's where I think it becomes kind of interesting because ninety eight again. The big part for me is that you had so much NFL talent. You had Trung, you had Dennis, you had Jeremy McDaniel, you had now we got Brad Ellis back. Let's see. Hello, Brad. That looks much better. Much, much, much next year. Good job. So I guess it was me freezing and not you. It looked like you on my end, obviously. Oh, it's not me, Brad. I have fiber internet now, my friend. Fiber. Well, you're inter- fancy. I live yeah. in the county. Here's where it was. Here's where it was, though. For with '98, what was also what was all, always interesting to me was that you had so much top line talent across the board. Trunk candidate, first round pick, uh, Dennis Northcutt, uh, ten years in the NFL. Jeremy McDaniel, NFL player, two tight ends and uh, that played in the NFL. Paul Shields played five years in the NFL. Then you look at the line: Yusuf Scott, uh, Edwin Mulatalo across the board. Then you go on defense. You got the best cornerback in school history, and uh, Chris McAllister. You had uh, you had a Marcus Bell, a Joe Tafoya. You know, I can I can keep going on and on. You get the point. Um, I'm curious when we look back at this year's Arizona football team, how many NFL players are, or how many NFL players were there? Cause I bet you it's going to be around 19 to 20. It certainly could be, um, because that's the way they've recruited though. They've also recruited NFL size, NFL, um, caliber players, you right. know, with, with guys like price sock and, uh, Takario Davis, six, four corners. It, NFL loves big guys like that. Right. Um, you know, for every Jacob Manu who's undersized, they've got seven guys at the right size. That defensive right. front is not undersized. Big Bill um, Norton. Big Bill Norton. Uh, big CEO. Um, right. You know, Upshaw at the defensive end. They're, they're not using a 210-pound rush end. Um, right. There's no 240-pound nose tackles. Right. Um, really, not the, the only justice. guy who doesn't have NFL size is no, I mean, but you got a five ten linebacker and you got a five ten receiver, and then that's about it. Right, and and those players, the thing about them too is that those are the OKGs that I'm okay with bringing in because they're actually good. You don't have an entire roster of them, but those are good OKGs. Yeah, just like you know, Tommy did that. Okay, in '98, you had a couple of undersized guys. You know, whether I can't remember it was '98, '94, you had Adrian Coke. You had right. uh, you know, occasionally you know, a, a scrappy safety. But right. that was, you know, for every Chuck Cecil, there were three Allen Durdens. Right. So I mean, that's kind of where it's at. Now, let's talk about the coach of the year. I believe the Jed Fish should have won the coach of the year because I, listen, nobody expected Arizona to be really that good before the season. I liked the over of five on the BetMGM Sportsbook app. 
talk about a way to uh, get that segment rocking and rolling. Let's talk about the BetMGM Sportsbook app. Sign up for BetMGM uh, today. Use bonus code PHNX. Place your first BetMGM Sportsbook wager through BetMGM Sportsbook mobile app of at least $10. If that bet loses, your bonus bets will be available once your wager is settled. Check out the show notes for details. Again, all kinds of good stuff. Put in 10 bucks and uh, place your first wager and receive up to 1500 backs and bucks back in bonus bets if it loses all right Patrick we're gonna get to the recruiting updates in just a second but um this team to me like I said it just it just checks off all of the boxes Brad and by the end of the year it uh it was a uh this is this team's a problem this team I'm not saying they would have beat Washington but they certainly could have beat Washington well they almost beat Washington the first time they played despite Washington dominating what the first 20-25 minutes and that was a close game from there you know coaches made adjustments Yeah, this team's very good. And, you know, you wonder what would have happened if Noah Fafita was the quarterback at Mississippi State. Um, You know, what happens if that maybe call at the end of the first half against USC goes the way I think we all believe it should have. But that being said, nine and three at a school like Arizona, it's one of the four or five best seasons of my fandom, which goes back to like 80, 79, 80. Um, The bigger question to me is how do they build on it? Because that is the one thing Arizona has struggled to do. Which fast- build on these great yeah. seasons. And that and that's a huge part. And again, I get that you brought back a ton of ninety or a ton of ninety-eight for ninety-nine, but you did lose a lot of significant players. You lost Kelvin was a you know, Kelvin wasn't an NFL player, but he was really kind of a leader, heart and soul guy. You lost Chris McAllister. You lost your best offensive lineman, Yusuf Scott. Next year's team is fascinating because you can, you listen, you lose Jordan Morgan. That's certainly a loss, but you're going to move big Jonah over to left tackle. You probably put Polito at right tackle. I think you're going to be okay there. I don't really worry about the receivers under Jed fish. Um, uh, Taylor Upshaw is definitely somebody you got to be able to replace Tanner McLaughlin as well. But overall, I think these are replaceable pieces, William. They are. And I, one thing that I'm kind of liking and it doesn't look good right now is they're dumping some of the bottom guys out of the recruiting right. class. And right. I know not all these decommits are guys they wanted to lose. You know, um, the kid who just went to Utah, I think he was a loss was, for sure. Uh, uh, Shamari, you know, uh, obviously yeah. the, the two South point kids, uh, from a playing standpoint or guys you'd still like to have in the program. But that was Tommy's problem. Tommy went, tried to swing for the fences. You right. know, you mentioned him earlier. He, he tried to get on on green. And when you struck out, you ended up getting, you didn't have a plan B. You went to plan C. Right. Um, even if Arizona strikes out on their plan A, there's some plan B guys that are still pretty good. And the transfer portal evens things up. Um, so I'm more optimistic. They can build on this. Plus, you bring back the heart and souls of this team. And that's, you know, Fafita and T-Mac and Jacob Manu. Um, you know, I'd love for, I think Norton does might have a year left. I'd yep. love to bring him back. Um, you know, obviously losing CO, losing Morgan, losing Upshaw hurt. Um, but a lot of the other guys are replaceable that you're losing. Um, good players. Right. Um, but, you know, Jacob Cowing, very good. Are you telling I, me those three young receivers I, can't I can, replace him? I can get, listen, Cowling's very good. I think that he can play in the NFL, but I don't, yeah, those three receivers I think can absolutely replace him. And I believe I'd be shocked. And I don't know if you have info, I don't. 
Sure looks like Mikey Miller might be coming. Yeah, um, Mikey. I say Mikey Matthews. You say Mikey Miller. Oh, it's Mikey Matthews. Mikey, yeah, you know, Eminem. Yeah, for uh, sure. No, I do believe he will come here. And the again, new Slim Shady. Yes, for sure. We're going to get to that in just a second. But uh, Noah Fafita. I expect Noah Fafita. Listen, I'm wrong on almost everything. I would have started Noah Fafita before the year. I tweeted that out. Um, I like. I loved what I saw from him last year. Noah Fafita is going to leave here, barring injury, as the best quarterback in school history. He just, Brad, he's kind of like the Mike Bibby of that, you know, you don't, you're not overwhelmed by anything he does, but he just has a sense of savvy for the game. He's next level. I mean, he, he gets it. Is he Gilbert Arenas? Is that maybe a better comp? And here's yeah. why Gilbert was undervalued and had all the tools. And yeah. that to me is no, because Bibby came in as like the number three player or whatever, five player, five. Everyone knew Bibby could play. No one knew much about Gil. And while Fafita had the great high school career, he was a five nine quarterback um, who wasn't highly recruited. I mean, he was he was not a. I mean, it wasn't us in Montana, right. but he wasn't recruited by those schools in his, in his hometown. So I think the Gilbert comp. He's not. He's not Steve Kerr who no one knew about, but I think he's Gilbert undervalued. But when you look at it at all the tools, I agree with, I agree with you. I'm just saying stylistically, I think okay. more because again, Bibby was one of those dudes that you got to remember when Bibby came in here, this was an era where Allen Iverson and Stefan Marbury were crossing you up and Duncan and all of that. Bibby, but Bibby was the dude out of all those guys that you would want. He understood the game. He made it easier for everybody. That to me is a little bit more of what I was getting at, but okay. I appreciate Yeah, I get it. it. And, and again, that's funny because I, I don't like those type of point guards. So, I mean, Damon may be the exception, but give me the guys who run that offense, knock down the big shot. Right. Don't need to. Yeah. No, no, is it a word a good spot? All right. Now, Arizona had two visitors on campus that uh, they are in good shape with right now. Again, there's they're going to uh, there's there's going to be some ebbs and flows here because, again, these guys can go anywhere they want. Easton Mascarenas Arnold. Um. You could make the case that he was the second best linebacker in the conference next to Jacob Manu. He was second in tackles. One of the big, big uh, uh, flaws of this past year's team was that, uh, I mean, not a big flaw. That's that's too strong of a word. Is that Jacob Manu was the only good linebacker. We all love the theory of Justin Flo. Justin Flo is not that good. High Mooley, kind of the same way. You bring back Jacob Manu and you put uh, Mascarenas Arnold next to him. <laughs> Yeah, um, it could be a potentially. Uh, my only concern is them running into each other trying to get these tackles because right. they're super. They're both super aggressive, sideline to sideline type linebackers. Right. Um, you know, maybe not either the most awe inspiring athlete, a la Justin Flo, but they're just football players. Right. Um, you know, they're just and and again, he's he's your kind of your typical Oregon State linebacker. Yeah. Um, Tony Mascarenas' son, by the way. I was going to say, is is that? Is, I, yeah. I knew she had a son who was playing yeah. football. I was going to say that's it. So yeah, let's let's just let's just make that happen. It looks it looks good. Get get them back in the fold here. Well, listen. I mean, the son of Mike Candrea is going to be able to make some. Uh, it's going to be able. Listen, when to uh, much whom is given, much is expected. When you come from that gene pool, much is going to be expected of you. That's why you're smarter than us, right, Brad Ellis? Exactly. Yeah, I mean it, it's pretty much that. And then you get his brother as well, who was uh, one of the best, uh, one of the better DBs in the conference. All of a sudden, that linebacker and that entire defensive secondary is loaded. 
And not only is it loaded, Brad, it's a, uh, I, I think you're kind of looking at a team where you wonder outside of that D line, which we'll get to in a second, there's really no weaknesses on that back end. Again, I think your two weakest spots on this uh, this team last year, and uh, he played much better at the second half of the season. Let's give Gunnar Maldonado. Oh, uh, my bad, Gunnar. Great. My gun. Yeah, I mean, he was not good early. He got really good, but safety is still a concern for this team. Um, and safety depth because you do lose. Although he didn't play much, you know, Taylor was still safety depth. Um, right. and then again, that second linebacker. Um, I don't know if Leviticus Sua is ready to ascend to that role, or if he ever will be. Um, you know, Haimuli was fine in, in spots. Um, He's roster you know, filler. Uh, Flo was good at times and awful at times. Um, who's the other kid who ended up playing quite a bit? Um, you know, and yeah, I mean, you can't count on the one game a year where uh, Tra- uh, Mercier or Mercier plays great in, right. Uh, right. in Pullman. And I'm not even sure he has any eligibility left. I I'm so confused with eligibility anymore. Um, but yeah, so let's shore up those. Uh, and then you could really focus on that defensive line. Again, they they brought in a guy over the weekend who they're trying to do that with, uh, another big body guy. And um, I'll, take a 300, I'll take a 340-pound uh, Samoan defensive lineman any day of the week. Yeah, I would expect Arizona to get him as well, uh, all-conference player out of UC Davis. And one thing that we found out about this staff, Brad, they're really good at evaluating these players. Um, a lot of these dudes were under the radar. Taylor Upshaw didn't do anything really before he got here. Uh, thank you, Dion. Hunter Eccles didn't do really much of anything before he got there. They've had good, they've had success bringing in guys with one year left who have turned out to be really good. Yeah, I mean, they look at two things. One, they're looking for that NFL size, or, or they bring in pedigree. Right. Um, you know, Haimuli has a pedigree um, from that family. Um, you know, Upshaw, obviously his dad played the NFL and, and I'm sure Fish had a relationship with him. Um, some of these other guys are from from football families or you just again, Big Bill Norton looks like an NFL defensive tackle. Right. May not be, but he, he's got that size. Um, you know, Big CO is that type of guy. Um, so that's what they have done. And I know their evaluations were not always spot on in year one. But you were scraping the barrel. You were coming off a winless season in a 77 loss. So, yeah, sometimes you just got to go get Gunner Cruz. You just got to get Gunner Cruz, yeah. Um, you know, and some of those guys worked out. Gunner Maldonado, I can't believe I'm saying this, but Gunner Maldonado and, and a right. few of these other guys, and, and a lot didn't. But that was, you know, if you're going to hold a coach in his first year against him, then, you know, Lute had a losing record his first year. Uh, Sean Miller missed the tournament his first year. Um, not everyone can be uh, Rich Rod in a bowl game or be Tommy Lloyd and be a one seed in the first year. Right. I mean, that's just kind of the way it is. Sorry, we had to put Ranger Rob in timeout. He was getting very can I, annoyed. Can someone explain to me that uh, the appeal of, and I know what it is. I, I've actually taken a class on on trolls and, and their mentality. But I have a hard enough time watching all of your videos and you're a friend of mine who covers a team I love. Right. Um, I can't get all my chiefs podcasts in. How do you have the time to go troll people in someone else's? Like I would never think of going on to like uh, an ASU one and trolling or going into uh, you know, as a Chiefs fan into a, a Raiders podcast. And we have better things to do. I, 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 again, I can barely live my own life, much less messing with other people. Um, right. And, and again, I just don't have that mentality. I'm not a hot take guy. I'm not a troll guy, but seriously, what kind of free time or what kind of lack of life do you have to do to come yeah. in and argue I, that Arizona is an IT team. Who's the number one team in the country. And dude was not a, a controversial one and number one. 
Dude was putz. All right. Now, Gila River Resorts and Casinos. they That's where the cool people hang out. I guarantee Ranger you Rob we, couldn't get in there. Ranger Rob would not get in there. Neither would Noah Crop. I guarantee you that. Check out uh, who, uh, uh, Gila River Casino. You do you at Gila River Resorts and Casinos. Visit play at Gila.com for more details. An authentic, cool experience. You will like it. I guarantee it. Schuster and I, when we were driving back from Caliendo, we saw the Gila River Resorts and Casinos, and we were able to, uh, it's got this cool little blue wave that I didn't know, but again, check it out, Gila River Resorts and Casinos, and wink! All right, now you might look at Noah and you say, man, that guy's got some real issues. Noah could use some wink. Here's the deal with wink. It's a drink, Brad, with a wink of THC. Get it? Do you get it? I winked. No, it's good. It's good. good. <laughs> right now, you can buy all these inside the Cannabis Tempe Dispensary, all Sunday Goods locations, and in Tucson at Green Med Dispensary. Now through New Year's, we are running daily deals to count down to 2024 together in all dispensary locations to take out or to carry out our product. All right. Now, back to recruiting here for a minute. This is, uh, I do believe that Arizona will get Mikey Matthews, a.k.a. Mikey Miller. I also do believe that he, wasn't Mikey Miller the uh, big man from Nebraska in like the mid-90s? I think so, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, with, who played with like Teron Liu? I believe so, yeah. And I think there's been another one too who was a uh, like third string quarterback from like Phoenix or something. You know, I've only got so many. Uh, dude, I'm too old for Fortnite, man. I'm an old man. Dude. I'm, I'm enjoying this. I'm running this now. I'm enjoying it. I don't even get that smash. Losers. I mean, uh, yeah, I have a PS5, but that's so I can play Madden. Yeah, I'm I not know. very good at it. Yeah. Dude, I've, I, I'm, I'm I like when people not playing Fortnite. You know what's cool, too? I like when people like come on and they think it's like some like brag to see, like, yeah, these guys are dorks. I am a dork. I enjoy being a dork. There's nothing wrong with being a dork. You, though, are banned. If you're going to get my dorkism, get it right. If you're right. going to be get on me, I'm I'm a comic book guy. I mean, right. I got a Batman tattoo. For I sure. watch way too much college basketball. That's what I'm. A do you have a about. Batman tattoo? Do yes. you have a Batman tattoo? Oh, you do. Where is it? I didn't know you had a tattoo. My back shoulder. Yeah, oh, it's covering right. up a another tattoo that looks like a prison. Yeah. Photorealistic okay, Batman. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Right. I did not know that. But again, I expect both. I expect Arizona to get Chuba May. I cannot. Uh, Marcelo Martinez. I I don't know about that. We I will find that one out tomorrow. Um, and Miller. But again, it's the Oregon State kids. If you get the two Oregon State kids, you are really, really, really in good shape. Even better shape than we normally are, Brad. That would be very, very nice. Um, I don't uh, have a crystal ball with that, but I think it's going to come down to Arizona and SC for those two folks as well. Um, all right, Brad. We've done yeoman's work here. We've uh, we've listened to everybody, and we banned some trolls. But Brad, bigger fish. Where can they find the great William Brad Ellis active on the podcast scene? Yeah, easiest way is uh, WSR Brad on Twitter or X or whatever they're calling it this week. Uh, but it, yeah, just look for it. I believe it's the Wildcat Sports Report Wildcast because I had the name first. I'm getting rid of I like it, it. Until they sue me. Uh, but it's on Spotify. It's on Apple. It's on about four other platforms. I was probably nine others I need to uh, activate it on. But I just, yeah, I don't know. If, if you're on one of those ninth tier ones, and you miss me. I'm sorry. Um, I'm trying to get out two a week, so we'll see what happens with that. It's another busy week at work. Not a busy week for sports. Both kids have a week or a week or two off of sports, so we're in good shape there. And 
you we know. have we all tomorrow we have uh, russell davis senior coming on probably going to talk about a little bit of defensive line development wink wink um by the way brad he i 1000% believe played with the most talented defensive line in college football history. Okay. Uh, so it's gotta be one of like three schools. So remind me, how did this dweeb get back? I thought I already banned this guy. I need, this is why I need Jacob Franklin. I already, all right, get out of here. All right. Now, um, there we go. Um, all right, here it is. So Russell Davis or senior Deuce Davis's dad was a second round pick out of North Carolina played eight years in the uh, NFL. Very good. All right, so here are the, here's the other defensive linemen on this North Carolina roster. Greg Ellis, eighth pick in the draft, uh, 60 career NFL sacks, or 80 career NFL sacks, excuse me. On the other side, Ebenezer Ekubon, 20th pick in oh, the that's draft. right. Ekubon was on that line. 45, uh, excuse me. I, yeah. No, but that was it. 60 uh, NFL sacks. Gets better. Vonnie Holiday, first round pick, obviously played for like 35 years for the Packers. 52 sacks. Guess who was merely a backup to these guys? Was that Julius Peppers? Julius Peppers. Yeah. Is that, that's got to be the best, de the most talented defensive line in college. The only ones history. that compete, there was a couple of those Miami lines with like Russell Maryland and, uh, you know, Cortez guys, Kennedy, Cortez Kennedy. And there was, there was one of the, uh, one of the USC lines was pretty ridiculous, which is funny because their defensive line history is not as good as it should be, but they had that one line that was just stacked, but one of them ended up being a linebacker in the pros. But yeah, I forget about, I honestly forgot about that North Carolina line. And again, you know, when we talk about these weird schools with yeah. NFL talent, you know, we mentioned Pitt that right. you forget that Pitt has like elite talent in almost every position. Right. Carolina's another one. Trey uh, Bly at, was their uh, defensive back as well. They've got some sneaky good yeah. uh, pedigree. They just then will go 10 years without an NFL player. But, I you am, know, you look at the school that produced, uh, you know, Lawrence Taylor and all that. And that's I am curious point. to ask Russell Davis, eight-year NFL veteran and second-round pick, what it was like being the weak link of that North Carolina team. <laughs> defensive line so it's not an in-person interview i take it oh no 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 he is seriously the largest person uh he came and did a pregame show with me uh on the lawn last year he's maybe the largest person i've ever seen in my life he's bigger than us brad the i still go back to and this is for you you of a basketball uh back when you used to have to take the computer test in the library for math i don't know if you had to do that at the u of a i did right. early 90s no 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 i'm too, and i'm, I'm in the library bad. and i'm taking my little computer test and all of a sudden it got dark and i look up and it was sean rooks he was so tall oh. and so wide he blotted out, blotted the, out light. the entire thing and then he walks by and he sits down to take his test and everything got light again so that right. might be the did, biggest uh, did, he, did sean rooks say let there be light uh, he didn't. He didn't say anything. And I also had I also had my cassette Walkman on my ears. Nothing wrong with that. Was it playing? <laughs> At that time, it was probably hair metal. It was okay. early 90s, maybe some Alice in Chains, something like that. Yeah, something like that. Yeah. All right. All right. For the great William Brad Alice, you know where to find him. Two podcasts a week. This is true, Brad. You're promising this to the folks. I'm, I'm going to do my best, yeah. All right, Rich Carrillo, I know you're listening. And when you start bashing me to Brad, just know that I appreciate you listening. But on that note, or Brad, were you going to say something? I love Rich. He's a good guy, but he he flip-flops on you all the time. Man, no. He hates you. He loves you. He yeah. hates you. I guess I guess we're in. I guess we're in. I guess we're fighting right now, but uh, whatever. Yeah, it's all right. You know what? 
I can deal with it. But on that note, for Brad Hallis, I'm merely Mike Luke. You've been listening to the AZ Wildcats podcast. We're all silly like the mayor. 